the main thing I would tell to teachers who are maybe trying to adjust to 21st century technology is just know that nothing is a straight line anymore. Hey Mike, thanks for the invitation to participate in this special project. That's Gabby Van Horn. Gabby's a business English coach. She's an e-learning specialist, and she's the host and producer of the Clever Hybrids podcast. If you know Gabby from the podcast, you might know her as Gabby V. She stopped by Schoolish to tell us her remarkable story about her K-12 school experience. Now looking back as a, at it as a teacher myself, coach more or less, my experience with school was very mixed. I had a really nice experience going to Hearst Elementary in Washington, D.C., but we didn't have many resources as it was almost like a Montessori-type elementary school. But because of funding, we didn't have a lot of what were considered extracurriculars, meaning the arts. Sometimes we didn't have a dance class. Sometimes we did. In art, we did a lot of the same projects over and over again. We didn't have a gym in our school, so we just did things outside with our gym teacher. But it was a really nice experience in terms of having the Montessori flexibility. So there were some things that we would work on together as a class with the teacher. We would do things in groups, group projects. And then sometimes we had time to do things on our own. I still remember some of the things I learned in those solo sessions, reading the books that we had in each of our classroom libraries. What's really dope about hearing Gabby tell this part of her story is that she describes this place that doesn't have resources but she remembers very fondly. And it's because of the freedom and the trust that she was given as a student. Like, what way to underscore changes that we should be making in education by saying, don't worry about the resources because what's gonna stick is the way that you treat students, the way that you give them freedom. That's what they'll remember. I mean, for Gabby, that's what she remembered. But then, things really changed up on her at her next school. Then I had almost what was like a one-two punch in the face <laughs> when we moved from this school with very little funding where almost all of the kids were from underrepresented people of color backgrounds to a school in the suburbs where there weren't that many children of color who were black or Latino and there were a lot of Caucasian and Asian children who were the children of doctors and diplomats and all of these other things plus a lot more funding that first year I found myself so so behind and just not so much by the teachers but looked down on by the other kids and there's the other part of this I mean Gabby moved from a school with no resources where everybody's black and brown to a school with a bunch of resources where black and brown people are hard to find. And in this more affluent school with more resources, 
She actually finds herself feeling judged. She actually finds herself feeling behind. She finds herself having an experience that's just not as good. When I think about this, I think about the fact that resources and money do not make experience. Now, I've been a part of schools with no resources. I've been a part of building a school that had as many resources as you could possibly imagine. And I've seen both done really, really well. But the message here, like the hard thing that folks don't want to accept is that more money into a school system does not actually mean better for kids in every instance. Check out the rest of Gabby's story. There was one teacher, my math teacher, who really helped me not to give up. So I, I got to give a shout out to Miss Deegan. I still remember her almost 15 years later because I didn't even know how to show my work on a math problem. It was bad. It was, I had just finished learning how to add three number, three digit numbers in the school in DC in third grade, but then I came to the third grade in the suburbs and they were already doing long division. So that gives you an idea of how far behind I was. It took me until the end of fourth grade to catch up. Then we moved to another school that was still in the suburbs, but it was in the middle of the low, low that I had in DC and the super high competitive environment that I was in, in the other city. So I was a little bit ahead of some of the kids there, but I made it my focus to not treat them the way that I had been treated. From that point on, people always call me mom because I, if I see somebody struggling, I try to help them with their work or um, try and explain it. I was always very respectful to my teachers and I feel like I learned a lot. Middle school was amazing. So I went to an, an art consortium school, so you got to pick your electives. I chose visual art and also, um, yeah, to do that two periods and also have a free period. So I I learned so much in that time, being able to try out theater and learning about dance and how to be a creative. I use a lot of that now with my content creation and on my podcast, how to use music that is full of different tones or goes down a little bit and how to match out different design elements. So I learned a lot in those three years. Even got a chance to do some study of the Spanish language that counted as high school credits. So that was amazing. Moving on to the high school years, having finally got a chance to balance out in middle school, I had a great time. Those were some great years. In high school, then I also had a consortium option where I was in the IT consortium. And I'd always been really good with computers, but it was like a different level of computing that they wanted to do. There's most of the curriculum that we had, at least at the beginning, was focused on IT people who are very left brain. They're focused on the programming and what goes on behind the scenes very much hard skills. I'm more of a soft skill person, so that was really hard for me the first year. In 10th grade, I finally got to do half and half, meaning vocational school, half a day, and the other 
prerequisites at school the other half of the day. So I've forewent all of my choices of electives to do this vocational program. I'm so glad I did because I learned so much. Uh, it was a networking program, so we got our CompTIA certifications and got to try out a lot of new things. Even the way the class was set up, Mr. McGee <laughs> was our teacher. He had at least 15 years industry experience before he became our teacher, so that was very helpful. And our classes split up between lecture time, personal research time, and time with the LMS on the computer. So it was very much almost like a college course. Then each quarter, we had a computer sale, so we had to practice our soft skills. Yes, my strength! And also learn the computer skills we needed to refurbish a computer. I learned a lot during those sessions, including how to price things, how to clean something properly for resale, how to talk to a customer. With all of that knowledge and that being weighted heavier on my GPA, that helped me to see the importance of it. And it also gave me a little bit more wherewithal of how to study than my uh, fellow students who didn't have that opportunity. There's, there's so many people in high school, which I feel bad for them, that they're focusing more on the destination, get out of high school to go to college to get a job. The way our vocational school was set up is focus on the journey that really helped me to enjoy it more. I couldn't have said it in words that I agree with more. Uh, don't focus on the destination, focus on the journey. Focus on the learning, focus on the process. Like what if we could build schools in a school system that encouraged that, not outcomes and output? What if we focused on, on the journey? And it also gave me the flexibility and the confidence in myself to choose what I was going to put up with. I, I ended up graduating a year early. So in 11th grade, I had to take English, 11th grade English and 12th grade English to finish everything up. But I made sure that I chose one AP course, history, because if you don't understand your history, then you might repeat it again. But also because as Americans, I feel like sometimes we're very ignorant about the history of other countries and how it affects us. So that was very important for me to know. We cover things that I had no idea about the different empires in Africa and Asia and South America, how people in ancient times worked to together. We always hear about Pax Romana, but that was my first time hearing about Pax Mongolia from the Mongolian Empire. So it, it broadens your horizons in that way. The main thing I would tell to teachers who are maybe trying to adjust to 21st century technology is just know that nothing is a straight line anymore. People don't go to school, go to college, get a job for life, and that's it. People now go to school to learn the basics, read, write, soft skills, few hard skills, but then even when they get out, they might completely change their career <laughs> like I did. I was in IT for about 
a year and a half after, a couple of years maybe, after I've graduated. Then I switched to sales, and now I've run my own company for teaching Latinos about American English. So it's just building the skills little by little and things that you're interested in might end up evolving into something that you had no intention of doing at the beginning. So I, I just suggest that teachers stay open to that prospect and not be so much, okay, you're 17 years old, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? That's not realistic. It never was and it definitely isn't now.